Good morning, everybody. All right, so I'm going to try to talk while I'm putting this on my ear. And Sarah, let me know if I'm too loud. Yes, we have that. We have that relationship. So she keeps. She tells me I'm too loud a lot, but I try to use my inside voice today. I'm so glad y'all are here. Jeannie, glad to see you. Missing Mike again. Hello, Mondays. How are y'all? Great to have y'all here. Kim, y'all sounded great this morning. We got to be loud this morning. You hear that? We can compete with that, can't we? All right. Uh, let, let, let me uh, offer just a prayer as we start our class together today. Oh, God, we are so glad to be uh, in your house this morning and with uh, your people. And we ask your blessing on our conversation today. We're, we, we've got a lot of things to talk about, and, uh, and we're human. We, we do our best to understand your will for us and understand your scriptures and, and let the Spirit live in us and speak to us. And so uh, help us have, to have a good conversation this morning. We pray it through Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, we have a lot to cover. Come on in. We are uh, glad you're here. Um, we have uh, the last two weeks been talking about the Shepherd nomination process. We talked about, well, let me just uh, throw it out to y'all. Who can remember what we talked about two weeks ago? It was a long time ago. Anybody remember anything from two weeks ago? Chad Troop, what about you? See, I'm, I'm in that mood today. The preacher needs to be fired. The preacher, we did. The, that got talked about. And we shot that down. Let me just say that for the record. All right. Yeah, so we talked about the role of shepherds. So what do they do? And, so, and that was kind of that traditional idea of they're a board. You know, they hire and fire ministers. Somebody led with fire. And, you know, and we were, yeah, we were up in arms. We were rowdy that morning. So role of a shepherd. So we talked about what does a shepherd do? What else have we talked about? What did we talk about last week? Yeah, so some some characteristics. We talked about the word qualifications. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit more today. Um, we, I joked we got, we got 44 and a half minutes into our 45-minute class last week when somebody said, well, what about women as shepherds? <clears throat> you know, we were like that close. But all kidding aside, we're going we're to carve out a few minutes towards the end of our conversation today to talk about that and give you a chance to speak into that. Um, I think that's going to be a really good conversation. I'm excited about that. Um, but last week we talked about what gifts does a shepherd need to succeed and the heart of a shepherd. This morning we're going to talk about the call of a shepherd. Okay, So how do we pick shepherds? How do we do that? And uh, who can recall how that works in the Bible? In fact, while you're thinking about that, let me kind of give you an overview of just what we're going to do this morning too, just so you're ready. I don't like surprises. In fact... Oh, Sarah's going to hate this. But I, I hate surprises. It, it reminds me of, you, you remember, the woman who, you know, who got on the plane, flew over, got, you know, flew to London to visit some family, and she flew all night and arrived, and the time changed, and so as soon as she gets into Heathrow Airport, she, gets, you know, she, she uh, goes over to the payphone. This was back when they had payphones, and she called her husband, and she said, hey, I made it. Um, how's my mom and cat? Uh, how's, my, how's my cat? I've already blown this joke. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'll tell you some other time. See me after class. I'll tell you this joke. All right, we got lots to talk about. I don't need to get distracted. All right. So we're going to talk about the call of a shepherd. How do we pick shepherds? Uh, we're going to have a conversation about can women serve as shepherds? Can women serve as overseers? And then um, we're going we're gonna to take a little time at the end uh, to do some housekeeping. And actually, if you haven't done it, uh, you're going to have a chance to fill out some of these forms. Okay? So we're going to carve out just a little bit of time for that. Um, and we're going to talk about some upcom upcoming class offerings. So what does Scripture say about how we pick shepherds? Anybody think of any examples off the top of your head? Or how... Or how um, or how apostles were picked? Casting lots. Casting lots. Wouldn't that be something if that's how we pick? You know, who, who knows what casting lots is? It's like, it's sort of, it's sort of ancient day throw, roll, rolling the dice. All right, so let's see. How about, who are we going to have for elder? Come on. All right, so that's, that's how they picked the replacement for Judas. Okay, they cast lots. They did that for a lot of things. Has anybody ever done that? in anything in their life, in any decision. Do you want to tell us about that? Um, in college, I did a 
mission trip where you would cast lots to determine which direction you would go. Okay. Then go minister to whoever was. So you had a general plan and you cast lots we to decide, am I, am I going to go this way or this way? Um, so let me indulge you with a quick story about this personally. I didn't know if anybody else in the room would, would admit to this. About 10 years ago, I, was, uh, I, I had my own business. I was thinking about making a change, and I was praying to God about it. And I said to God, I said, you know, this casting lots thing, I'm going to try my own version of that. And I said, I prayed to God, I'm going to open the phone book. This was back when I still had some yellow pages. And I opened up the phone. I literally, I prayed to God, I said, Point me in the right direction, kind of your prayer on the mission trip, help me go in the right direction. And I literally prayed and I put my finger down and there was a name of a recruiting company. I, I, I had opened to the page of recruiting, it, it wasn't, so I, I, was, I was trying, this was new, but I was trying to help God out a little bit. So I started on the right page, but I said, you know, put me on the right person on the list. And I literally pointed to a number, I picked up the phone, I called. And it was somebody, I didn't recognize the name of the company, but it was somebody I had been in a men's Bible study with about eight years earlier. And Brad picked up the phone and he said, wow, we haven't talked in forever. He gave me great advice. It led to a new job. Um, that's the closest experience I've ever had to casting lots. I think the biblical principle is I'm going to take action and I'm going to ask God to bless this action. Okay, so, so casting lots, all kidding aside, you know, we talk about rolling the dice and all that, but I think the principle, I think the scriptural principle is I'm going to invite God into this conversation. I'm going to invite God into my plans, and, and I'm going to ask him to bless it, and I'm going to move forward with imperfect, as imperfect as this is, casting lots or taking a finger in the phone book, and I'm going to let God try to bless this. I'm going to let God bless this decision. So what else? What else do you remember about how shepherds were picked in scripture. Remember anything? We're directed for the church to pick people. What's that? It, it seems to be we're directed for the church to pick people. Okay. Not necessarily someone. All right. So let, let, having the church pick the people. Okay. Yeah. What else? What else do you remember? God just picking people directly. I mean, it's, I think it's you. Yeah. Kind of speaking to them directly or putting on people's hearts. Okay. Um, Turn in your Bibles. Let's look at uh, Acts 14. There's not a lot of examples, and and so if so, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of messing with you a little bit, saying, well, what do you remember? There's not a lot to remember. If you're feeling like, wow, why didn't I, why didn't I get that? Why don't I remember this? There aren't a lot of examples in the Bible about how shepherds are chosen for local churches. Acts 14. Make sure I got this right here. Verse 23, there's a little blurb. Acts 14, verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Okay, so they went around and they appointed elders. We don't really know a whole lot more than that. They did it. Uh, they were good men. They were preachers. So, uh, so here's an example. The preacher or the traveling preachers picked the elders. Okay, so that's, that's an example. Um, what I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this morning is Otter Creek's process. Okay, so um, we don't know if this is just right. Um, it's created by uh, some men years ago here, some of the shepherds years ago, um, who were picked in a different way, I suppose, because this process is relatively new in the last couple of decades in relation to how old the church is. Uh, but here's what happens. So we, we go through a nomination phase, and that's what we're in right now. It involves education. It involves prayer. It involves including the church to say, all right, church family, who do you see that you're willing to follow? Who do you see these gifts and characteristics in? Who do you see that's already carrying out the role of a shepherd? And, and write those names down. And so that's literally what we've said. This is our casting lots is, all right, we want to hear from you. Write those names down. Write as many down as you can think of and stick that in a box in the, in the, in the lobby. So, so that phase as part of our process is called the nomination phase. It started a few weeks ago. It ends today. So if you haven't written down names in this form and turned this into a box upstairs in the lobby, or if you haven't gone online, today's your last chance. So I'm going to give you some time at the end. Um, but that's our first step. 
what happens after that is uh, there's a group of men who have agreed to count these, um, we call it, we use voting language with this, okay? But I'm trying real hard to share with you the heart of, of the people who put this process in place. We're not voting for people. We're bathing this in prayer. We're, we're trying to be thoughtful about this, and we're, but, we're, but we're filling these out. You'll have these called a nomination form. Some people will call it a ballot. Some people um, will, will use voting terms, but this is, a, this is a way for us to ask you, who, who are you willing to follow? So the nomination phase ends today. The consideration phase will start on February 5th in earnest because between now and February 5th, we're going to tabulate these uh, forms. We're going to see whose names were uh, turned in online. And then we're going to reach out and we're going to contact the people whose names were written down. Okay, And I'm going to talk to you about, for those of you who are into math, and data and requirements, we're going to get to that in terms of percentages and numbers and things like that. But for the moment, so that, that's what's going to happen. In a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to reach out to the people whose names were, were put forward by the congregation that meets certain requirements. So for two weeks, until February 19th, those people are going to be in prayer. We're going to be in prayer with them. Uh, the elders are going to host... Um, some get to know you kind of conversations and we're gonna and we're gonna field questions so for people's names who've been put forward uh, we're gonna spend time with them and we're gonna say well here's what we've experienced here's what we see the role as and we're gonna field questions and we're gonna give people plenty of time to answer questions about that and really I don't know if you can ever know what you're getting into when you agree to serve in any ministry role but we're the best we can we're gonna try to educate people and let them know what they're signing up for so that'll be the uh, consideration phase. So the nomination phase comes to an end today. The consideration phase begins and, and runs through February 19th. And then the affirmation, and you won't know whose names have been nominated as a church just yet. So what we're gonna do is, if, if there were 35 men whose names got put forward, they'll be notified, they'll be thinking about that. And when they say, yes, I'm willing to move forward in the process, I'm willing to put my name out there to be affirmed, that's when we will announce to the church in this affirmation phase. So on February 19th, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, these 20 men, these 10 men, these 20, I hope it's a big number, um, have agreed to serve if you will follow them. Okay, so that will begin the affirmation phase. That's a chance for you to ask questions. That's a chance for you, if you don't know them, to get to know them. And we're going to try to create some um, opportunities, some space for you to get to know them, um, but to to really ho hold them hold them up for scrutiny and say, is this somebody that I can follow? Is this somebody who is is described in Scripture? Is this somebody who has the gifts that that I think a, a shepherd should have? And so that phase will run until March fifth. So um, let me just pause for a second. What questions do you have about the timeline or the mechanics of that? Is this uh, new to anybody? Um, does anybody have any comments about what they've seen here in the past? If you've experienced it before, what comments or questions do you have about this right now? So it might be helpful just to give a snapshot. All right. Well, yeah, so uh, for those of you up front who may not have heard that, so, so what have we changed in the process in the last few years to help people who, who are nominated understand the process? Is that a, am I understanding your comment right? Yeah. So um, what, one of the things that I think has helped tremendously is, uh, and this is, you know, John, if you were in first service, you heard John and Catherine talking about doing small things. Uh, with, with big love uh, or that have big impact. Um, this is just common sense, but we've started getting together at somebody's house and saying, hey, all of you people who've been um, nominated for this, this role, 
come on over, let's have dinner, let's sit around, let's talk about this. And in the past, prior to that, I think a lot of people got a phone call from somebody maybe they didn't know very well, and it kind of went like this. Uh, hello, uh, you've been nominated for a lifetime sentence as a <laughs> and uh, you don't want to do that, do you? And then the answer was, well, no, of course not. I'm, perf I'm, not, I'm not qualified. I'm not capable. I'm, I'm scared to death. And then they would say, oh, you really should think about it. And they say, no, I don't have to think about it, you know, and then goodbye. And so it, it was, we didn't do a good job of, of, of recruiting, if you want to use that word. So, so one of the things we've done in the last few years is, um, and Hilton Dean, I think, was big in starting this, was having people over to the house and saying, let's let some of the older shepherds share what they've experienced. Uh, let's let some of the newer shepherds share. Here's what we've experienced. And so that time of sharing and prayer has been more intentional. Um, last time we went through this process as a church, um, there were two men who went all the way through the process and agreed to serve. Uh, Mike Cagle, who's our chair, who you know is in here and has kept avoiding us for the last two weeks. But I'm glad you're here, Jeannie. Yeah, he's out in the car. <laughs> Text him. T tell him. Tell him to come on in. Uh, and Pat Bennett. So, um, and while those two guys are quality ads to the team, I have to say this because this is being recorded and, they, and Pat might listen to this, but it's true. It just happens to be true too. Um, you've heard me talk about this in the past couple of weeks. We need more help. We need more people to serve and to shepherd. And so over the course of the past two years, uh, we've invited um, people from the congregation to, to advise us on how can we do a better job of educating the church? That's why we're having these three, we've had these three classes. That's, that was a recommendation that came out of that group. Um, what can we do better in terms of timeline and time of year and mechanics so that we can make sure if the, if the people are putting the names forward of who they're gonna follow, how do we give them a chance to do that? Let's not do it on spring break when everybody's gone and then people come back and go, oh, well I would have, put this person's name down or that person's name down. So we, we've been very intentional. Uh, Larry Burkhart's led us through that in the last couple of years and, and, and gotten people to, to speak into the process. So there's been uh, an attempt to improve on some of these mechanics that I'm sharing with you today. Um, Josh, what else? Um, yeah, the only thing I would add to that is on a very rare occasion, someone is nominated and, and this is just kind of the law part of it, and there may be an issue with that particular person or family with somebody else in the church, or there may mm -hmm. be something that happened. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make up one. This did not happen. But, like, let's say someone had a lawsuit against them for okay. business ethics violation. There's two ways in the process that those things get addressed. Because, you know, Nashville is still kind of a polite society where we don't like complication and we avoid it at all costs. And then we pay later. So I, one of the things I love about how the elders have done that is they will anticipate if there might be some issues with people nominated. Um, but then the church gets a chance, which you're getting to, obviously, in the next segment of the process. So it's possible that some people don't appear on your here's who's being considered because there was conversation beforehand right. with that person. Um, this, to my knowledge, the elders have never ever said, no, that person is taken out. It's always kind of the spirit of Matthew going to a brother if there's an issue, trying right. to work it out. But what are all the perspectives on why this person might be mm -hmm. controversial or whatever? Yeah, thank you for, um, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that and sharing that. So one of the reasons we've built a lot of time into this process is so that those conversations can happen and, and so that we can respect individuals. The last thing we want to do is embarrass anybody or put somebody's name out there and then uh, there be a, you know, some sort of an issue that becomes public when it doesn't need to be public. And so we've tried to build a lot of time and consideration into this process so that we can have those uh, conversations and prayers. That's great. Good. Um, all right. So, um, so the final phase, that affirmation phase from February 19th to March 5th, you will literally get a list of names of men who've been nominated, who have agreed to serve if affirmed by the church, and then you will again have a responsibility to say, all right, I, I know these people, I don't know these people. You can say, yes, I'm willing to follow that person, 
or you can say either or no I have a, a concern or an issue we're going to encourage you to talk with those people we're going to try to facilitate those very conversations if you have questions or concerns um, or you may say I just I just don't know that person so I can't say yes or no and, and you would abstain from from giving an opinion about that person so let me give you some some affirmation phase particulars uh, some rules, if you will, or, or, or some of the some of the particulars of our of our process. So, 30 nominations are needed for someone's name to be put on that affirmation form. Okay, so if somebody gets 24 people in the church to say, I think this person would be fantastic. What we what we usually not we usually contact everybody and say, Hey, your name was put forward. Uh, you didn't meet that 30 name threshold, but we just wanted you, you know, we wanted to do, do you the honor of letting you know that people have put your name forward and you might be in prayer about that and be thinking about that for next time around. But if, if a person gets 30 nominations, then we will let them know and they will consider it and they'll say, okay, um, yes or no, I'll be willing to serve. So 30 nominations. When it comes to affirming those nominees, <laughs> that list that you'll see uh, between uh, February 19th and March 5th, 50% or more of the people who respond to that need to affirm that person in order for them to be installed or appointed as an elder. Okay, so the thought there is, okay, we, we put these names out, a thousand people respond, 550 people say, yes, I know that person, I'm willing to serve um, with that person. Um, then that person would be appointed as an elder. Subject to a couple of considerations, no more than 15% of the respondents can disapprove or say no, I, I wouldn't be willing to serve with that person. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that person leading us as a shepherd. And no more than 40% can abstain from responding. So it's not that they got a no, but 40% but of the people just don't know who this person is. In the spirit of, you know, the, the shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep follow his voice. Um, the, 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 the people who put this process in place, and it's been tweaked a little bit in terms of the percentages and numbers, the, the thought there is, well, if somebody's going to serve, they, they need to be known by the sheep. They need to be, they need to be uh, a voice that can be followed. So um, the other... Um, particular, I suppose, is the, the commitment is a six-year commitment. Let me just speak to that for just a second. And let me just pause and say, one thing I've loved about this class is how much interaction there's been. I hate that I'm doing all the talking this morning. And I promise I'm going to let you talk here in just a minute. But some of this is just factual. So let me just share some of this. But if you'll indulge me one, one more minute, I do want to say just a, a quick word about that six-year commitment. Um, I think whoever thought of that 20, 30 years ago here at Otter Creek, that was a beautiful thing. It allows people to say, you know what, I'm willing to serve, I don't have to commit for life. Some of you may have grown up in the Church of Christ. I, I know when, when elders would resign at my home congregation in Columbia, South Carolina, everybody wondered what happened, you know, what's going on? Are they mad? Is there a problem? And it turns out they were just tired after 27 years of serving. So. So elders agree to a six-year term. They can choose to be reaffirmed at the end of that six-year term, and they can serve as long as they agree to serve and the congregation agrees to reaffirm them. So you're gonna also see on that ballot, if you will, or that, that affirmation form, you're gonna see the names of new people that have been nominated by the church, but you're also gonna see the names of some shepherds who are currently serving. And so, this is important. This is, your, this is your chance to speak into this conversation and say, I'm, I'm willing to still follow that person. I'm willing to still be led spiritually by that person. And it, and it, um, it makes us accountable to you. Okay. Um, so, takeaways. Today, last day to turn in the forms. Uh, in a couple weeks, uh, we're going to contact people who have been nominated, and a couple weeks after that, we're going to make known to the congregation uh, who those people are. And all of this will be published. You'll see these, um, these dates on the website and around the church building. Questions or comments about any of that? Yes? If, uh, 
can you nominate like more than once? Like if, yes. like if you've already filled out a ballot oh, yeah. a nomination or whatever you want to call it, if you've already yeah. filled out one, you can fill out another one. Great question. Can, if, so if you've already filled out a ballot, and that was a t that was two weeks ago, and today you go, oh wow, because Sarah and I had this conversation. We were like, oh, we we've been talking about this person, and we forgot to put somebody on our on our uh, sheet. Yes, you can turn in a second one. Now you can't stuff the ballot, so you can't write somebody's name like ten times and keep turning them in because we will catch you. All right, and we're going to there are people who are going to check for cross check. It's crazy. Uh, so, but yes, if you've forgotten somebody's name. Um, or if you just, there's only 15 lines. I, I kind of squeezed mine in. I think I wrote 25 or six names down. Um, if, if you run out of room, you can turn in two sheets. So just sign them, make sure you don't have any overlap. But yes, that's fine to turn in a second one. Yes. As an eldership, what process do you go through? Uh, there's 19 of you now. You've, right. you've been mentioning like, hey, we need a lot more. So you go to 10, mm -hmm. so you're increasing the eldership by 50%. What process do you go through to uh, help incorporate uh, that kind of growth because yeah. it, it changes dynamics like what preparation are you I mean throughout I know prayer and whatnot yep. but are there any other steps that you guys are taking to I'm so glad you asked that question so he's basically saying if, if, if all of a sudden we've got we got 19 now and we bring in 20 more wow what do we do to sort of educate orient those those guys um, even the existing even if, as well I mean just right. because it changes the, Correct. the entire dynamics of yes this is a great say. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about something I was going to talk about in a few minutes, but that's a great question. So let me tell you this: we um, we every year we do this. Um, this past Friday and Saturday, we went off. Uh, the cowards have a lodge that they're so gracious to let us use, and so we spent Friday night and a big chunk of the day Saturday together. And this was one of our very biggest topics that we talked about. All right, so an eldership of 19 functions very differently than an eldership of nine versus an eldership of 29. And so we're in prayer, we're in conversation about that right now. I don't have a good answer to say, okay, this is, this is what it's going to look like. I can tell you, you know, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, well, right now we have an administrative group and we've got a uh, theology group and we've got um, a, a way of keeping up with people a process, if you will, and we get help from the, the, the staff. Uh, we have a Fellowship One database, and so we have some, I, I'd be happy to talk to any of you about that later on, but for this conversation, for the sake of time, there's a process in place now, and we've already acknowledged as part of our planning for 2017 that that probably will have to change. We're, we're waiting for the next week or so to kind of get a feel for, are we talking about two new people, 20 new people, and that's gonna affect our conversations. But thank you for asking that. And that, that, is, that is something we're talking about and planning for now. Chad. Yeah. And, and there's a new member orientation that we do that's a big part of onboarding, if you will, the, 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 the new already, shepherds. We've already done that one. We went yes. from 12 to 21. Right. So In fact, that's when- That's not a new, we've been doing that. It's a great point. The, the, the reason the question is great is the complexity is, is exponential. It's not two to one ratio. So if you go from 10 to 20, it's not like, well, we just have twice as many people to do half the work. And a church of 1,700 people, that's not how it works. Right. It's just messy. So we had to do it once four years ago. Most likely we'll have to do it again this time. Right. And, and, and that, was, that was the time that the time when we did rethink how we were organized was the time that I came on board with eight other guys, and so there were nine of us. And we went from, I think we went from 16 or, or, um, or 12 or so up to about 19. There were some that rolled off, and then a bunch of us knew. And so when, with an influx of new people like that, it, it, you know, we've got to rethink how we operate. We're in conversations, and we've, we've talked to other churches who are bigger than us. And so, you know, that, that's something that, uh, that we're thinking about. So y'all be in prayer about that for us. Yeah, Chad. Chad, I just want to clarify that the nominations being submitted today are supposed to be submitted by individuals. Correct. By families. That's correct. So, yep. So if, if, you know, if I were to submit one that said Chad Truth with the intention of it being for my spouse and my family or whatever, then that, that's only one nomination. Correct. Your spouse also needs to submit a separate form. Yes. Or you can sign it, Chad and Laura Truth, and that would count as two. That's right. So if you've, if you've come today and you've um, thought about it together and written it down together thinking it was going to count for your whole family, both of you should sign. And I'll take that one step further uh, very quickly. Uh, a few years ago, our son, was he was 15 or so at the time, had filled out his own form. 
and um, and there were there was some conversation about well do kids get to you know turn in nominations and the answer is yes they they are part of this church family too and if they're a baptized believer we want their input too so if um, you know, if you know kids or if you have kids who are baptized believers and they're and if they're mature enough to think about it and pray about it and write down one name and it's their Sunday school teacher, then we welcome that. Um, so thanks for clarifying that. So yes, and be sure to do that because that may be important if, if, if somebody were to get 29 nominations and, you know, a couple had really meant for that to be both of them, that could, that could you know, play into somebody being asked to serve or not. Yes. Uh, this is sort of a related question. So there are about 1,750 members of the right. church. How many of those are potentially affirming voters? I don't know what yeah, saying. no, that's, that's great. So um, the college. It, is, it will get kicked over to the Electoral College, and then that gets crazy. So um, I don't remember the exact... 1,050 adults, but I can tell you that... About 1,200 who, who are eligible, and, and so that's how many are eligible. I'll tell you this, I think, and I, I'm close on this, last time around, the voter turnout was poor, okay? So it was, I think, below 400 of those 1,200 or so that could affirm people. Yeah, we think some... Worse than the U.S. election average, yes, below that. So, so it's important uh, for, and some of that we think we've addressed. We think it may have been couples who were doing this together, and so, um, so yeah, about 1,200 people probably eligible to affirm, and we need more people to participate. Michael, are staff members eligible? Are they eligible to participate in the process or to be nominated? Uh, the elder, the elders have decided, uh, and this is this has been, I think. As long as I can remember and been here, no. If 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 a um, spouse or a person now, if a person served on staff and they were nominated and they wanted to, we'd have that conversation about would they want to give up their role or you know we'd have that conversation. But in terms of if we've had people nominated whose spouses were employed and on staff and we've said you know that's a that's a at least an apparent conflict of interest, so we've avoided those situations. Chad Brandon had a great question. He lost his voter ID card and wants to know if he can. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, we can have two forms of non-photo ID, and we can get around that. So, good. All right, great. What else? Any other questions on the mechanics? David? As, as Otter Creek is, demographic has changed, and the, the age of Otter Creek is very different. Are we, are we seeing, historically, are we seeing a, um, I guess, are we losing eligible people who are eligible to be elders, are we losing those or are we keeping those so that okay. another three to six years down the road, we're going to be even more that ratio of elder to flock is going to be high. Yeah, so I, I'm going to rephrase your question for the benefit of the group, but I, what I heard you say was, how's the candidate pool looking as we grow? Um, and, and I can say it's alive and well. I've been involved in a lot of these conversations the last couple of weeks. I, I think there are I think there are 30 or 40 people who are, are well suited, who have the godly characteristics to serve as shepherds. So uh, that's always a con consideration, but that's, uh, I think there are a lot of people to pull from. Can you expand yes. on that as well? Because what recommendations do you have for us? Because you know, we do a lot with the church with our own groups, uh, okay. our own age group, I guess. Yeah. So we don't get exposed to you know, mid 40s and, and older. Right. Um, potential candidates so what do we need to be doing to, to get to know those potential candidates and yeah and you've got all day today so so the question is <laughs> what do we need to be doing so so we got to do it fast no that's good that's good for future but um I'll, I'll tell you, that's a great question a couple of things um having conversations with people in your life group having conversations with your spouse this has been sarah would come up with names and i would go oh yeah uh, he would be perfect. I, why didn't I think of that person? And, and not as many. I didn't have as many good ideas as she did. She had more good ideas than I did. But sometimes she would say, oh, I hadn't thought of that person. So, so I think talking to your spouse and family, um, I think sharing with your life group, um, this is really simple. But I'll tell you, the shepherd, we've, we've taken this seriously ourselves. We've literally gone through the directory to remind ourselves, like, oh yeah, and, and not exclude anybody. Like, like let's just, let's just, it's 1,750 people. Let's, 
We, we need lists sometimes to jog our memory. Yes. Um, does that does that answer your question? Yeah, or do I mean, I, and we talked about this at our life group, but our life groups, you know. Like, what, how do you? So the other thing you can do too, and this would be more for the future, I suppose. Right, right. Um, but I know I can, I can speak for all the shepherds. We would love to come to your life group and talk about some people that we've observed. And so I'm so I think reaching out to people who are older, you know, if you feel like okay, well, our generation maybe we've got some godly people here, but we don't have you know that we're not quite ready for that. But how do we how do we get to know those people? So we would love to come talk to your life group or your family or that kind of thing. So yes, Rachel. Um, for me, when I was looking, I got the directory. Because I'm better with faces than I am with names. And when I was going through, I'd, I'd ask him, I said, well, what about so-and-so? I think they just rotated off. You uh, know, yeah. I can't remember who, who yeah. said I'm Who's on, rank. who's not, yeah. Um, like, I knew who was on because he printed it on the front, and that was very handy. Um, but um, there were some that made, I, my memory's not long enough to remember who wanted a break. Right. And I wouldn't, I would, not that I would, I want to waste a spot. Right. No, on I get somebody it. somebody who needs a break. Right. So that, what, what the question she's asking is, how do I remember, like, if they used to serve, and in the past there's been some confusion, like, I thought they were still serving, so I didn't write their name down, and oh, they would have been willing to serve again. One of the recommendations that came out of this committee that said, hey, here's how we can improve this process is we said, if somebody has already served as an elder, but they've decided to take a break, we're going to say, all right, they can be put on the nomination form because they've been through the process before. The congregation has already said, we think this person can serve well, and then they've served. And so they would still be subject to affirmation by the congregation. But former elders, we have actually reached out to former elders and said, would you be willing to serve? And some of them have said yes, and some of them have said no. I'm still, I still need a break. And so you're going to see some names of some former elders, I think, um, when we put that list in front of the congregation for that very reason. Thanks, Justin. When I fill the top half of my nominations with women, will my whole ballot be thrown out, or will my message get crossed? Well, that gets kicked over to the uh, women's filter committee. And so uh, we have a special way for dealing with that. And then we'll show up at your house, too. And we'll... <laughs> yes. Tag team. Tag team. Um, for women who receive 30 mm -hmm. nominations. For women who receive 30 nominations. Are yep. they informed? Are they informed? Absolutely, they would be. In fact, I can tell you, I, I, th I think it's okay for me to say this. Um, and, and it won't be a shock to you all, because uh, this is Otter Creek. Um, we have had women nominated a lot. People, women's names have been written down a lot, okay? So, so I, I'll just say this. Um, so if, if, if a woman's name is written down 30 times, we're, we're going um, to address that respectfully, and we're going to have a conversation about that. I'm not sure that we've had a woman that's had 30 nominations in the past. So um, if that happens, we'll have a, we'll have a serious... Uh, theological and respectful conversation and yes we would let that person know we have let women know before that your name's been written down so let's use that as a segue and I've allowed all of one minute I've poorly managed our time this morning um, how can my boys would say how convenient um, so let me let me do this quickly and so here, here's what I'm going to invite you to okay so I know people have places to go and kids to pick up if, if you need to go we're not going to think you're mad and you left the room because we're getting into a, a, a an interesting conversation but for those of you who want to stay I'm gonna watch the clock and I'm gonna say let's let's take about six or seven more minutes and I'm gonna invite you to stay if you want to and nobody's gonna look you know down their nose at you if you have to get up and go I know because there's you know it's a busy morning but I apologize for not managing our time well I think all these questions were important that's you know about this, the call of a shepherd so let me do this quickly in in, in the next six or seven minutes um, and so let me, let me read a statement about where we are currently with, um, with, with what the elders have embraced as a, as a, as a governance um, principle, I suppose. Uh, I'd like to make a couple of comments on that. And then I'm going to, in the interest of time, I think I'm going to call on a couple of people because um, I've had some great conversations since last week's class. Um, and so let me do that. And let me kind of speed this. It'll be like speed dating, okay? Um, so... I don't know where that analogy came from. That was weird. <laughs> I got the that was weird look from Sarah. So, sorry. 
Um, all right, Otter Creek elders are committed to the principle of male leadership. This is our current governing model, and our eldership is made up entirely of men. There it is, okay? Let me talk to you um, about the heart of this church, and let me talk to you about um, what this church and this leadership believes. Um, we value women at this church. This leadership values women. Um, we value their gifts. Uh, if you were in first service, you saw that on display this morning when we heard from John and Catherine um, when they were uh, speaking to us. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Some of the things that Catherine had to say this morning to the whole church were things, I love John, he's a great guy, he's a longtime friend of mine, but he could have never said them in a way that Catherine said them. Um, and so I, I love that this church has embraced the 50% of the population that needs a voice and we need to hear from. I love that about this church. Um, and as a church family, before we get into this conversation, as brief as it is, I just want to say we're a church family, so we're not like the world. I love that we can have a conversation about spiritual leadership and men's role in that and women's role in that. Um, and it's not a competition. You know, it's not a power thing like the world talks about in terms of power. This is not a, uh, an election where we have a female candidate and a male candidate, if we were to ever have that kind of situation um, in, in our politics. Um, so it's not like that. It's, um, we believe in the redemptive story of man. We believe that man sinned and we were broken and that oneness and that unity was fractured and the whole story and scope of scripture is about getting back into that relationship with each other and with God. So, so in light of that, um, and I think that's where our heart is, yes, we're committed to the principle of male leadership and this is our current governing model, but that's, that's where our heart is. And the bottom line is that is we need each other. Men need women. In fact, y'all need us a little bit. We need y'all a lot. Um, so with that said, I, I want to just, again, I'm just going to speed this conversation up. Josh, can I call on you to just say a few words about, um, well, let me just let you go yeah. about kind of the three minutes, three minutes, yeah, three minutes. Okay. Yeah. So when asked to talk about this, um, to me, the thing that seems maybe most necessary is we recognize the complexity of this, um, of this issue. When I hear people discussing this with a degree of like certainty, oh, it's crazy that we don't do this or it's crazy that this is a question, it makes me uh, suspicious that they haven't considered both sides of the issue well. Um, so maybe I can speak to people on both issues just to encourage you uh, that it's more complex than you realize. First, we're not even entirely sure from a biblical, biblical perspective what an elder did. Is it an overseer or a supervisor, but we don't know what they oversaw or supervised? Is this budget? Is this almsgiving? Is this orthodoxy? Is this the, the weekly church meeting? Uh, so before we get too uptight about qualifications, we need to recognize that we're not entirely certain what role they're being qualified to do. Um, so we're doing our best with limited knowledge. To those who say that women should not be elders, uh, I would just give you a couple things to consider. Uh, one, are you being consistent with those other guidelines or qualifications? Uh, so when it says someone needs to have obedient children, are you inflexible or would you be okay with single men or um, a husband who doesn't have children? Or maybe they have one unbelieving kid and three believing kids. Um, when it says they should have a good reputation, are you inflexible with that? Or do you realize that, well, sometimes, like Jesus said, woe to you when people speak well of you. There's reasons uh, where a good reputation isn't a, a deal breaker. Um, do you realize that uh, perhaps some of these, if you're rigid with them, would exclude Paul or Jesus uh, from eldership? Uh, do you realize we have examples of people like Junia, who appears to be a po an apostle? If these are inflexible, why aren't Timothy and Titus uh, lined up? Even things like, uh, husband of one wife, it's Greek is literally man of one woman, and we don't know what that means. Does that mean no polygamy? Does that mean uh, that he can be divorced but not be polygamous? Does that mean it's okay if he's divorced as long as he's faithful to his one wife? Does that mean if he's a widower, he can't be remarried? Um, and uh, does that mean that whoever he's with, he's faithful to? Very complex. Two Greek words, man of one woman. Um, further, have you considered that male eldership might have been a constraint for that particular time and culture, but might not be for all times and other cultures? We see other biblical imperatives, Greek imperatives this way, uh, imperatives, uh, head coverings, greet each other with a holy kiss. That's three times, three different letters. Uh, and we see that as uh, a cultural kind of thing that's no longer, uh, that we don't enforce. And that there might be reasons why women uh, at that time and at that culture would have been excluded. Um, so uh, for instance, they were generally less educated. Uh, even in 2 Timothy, we're looking at 1 Timothy and Titus. 2 Timothy talks about 
that false teachers were particularly targeting women, um, and that uh, female leadership might have been an unnecessary hindrance or destabilizer at that time. People were meeting in church homes, the typical church or typical home, paterfamilias was in charge, so it could have created this unnecessary tension in the first century culture. So to those who say no female leaders, here's a little pushback so that you hold that position with humility. Um, to those who say, yes, of course, we should have women elders, I would say here's a little pushback to, so you hold that with uh, humility. The clearest reading of scripture assumes male leadership, so we should be wary of too quickly, uh, with no humility, going against what seems to be a clear assumption. Uh, the support of church practice for centuries and across cultures uh, has largely been male leadership. So <clears throat> if we stand in a position to say we've got it right and that Christians who went before us across time and culture got it wrong, we should hold that position with a lot of humility and uh, not be too prideful about our time or our region. And perhaps there's something about uh, having distinct roles that honors the distinction between sexes. And we should be wary of letting our culture take the lead when our culture is so confused and blurring male-female distinction so much that gender is now bizarrely seen as something internal. Uh, so rather than, rather than fixing this issue, I'm saying let's be humble about this. Let's not create unnecessary tension as we strive, strive as brothers and sisters uh, to, um, to work through this issue. And I would like to... Can I pass it to Lauren? Yeah, let me, do it, let, let me do one thing real quickly here. Thank you, Josh. Um, that's yeah. Great. yeah, that's good. Do not nominate me. <laughs> if you were a woman, I would nominate you. No, I'm just, that was probably bad. I don't know. I sh probably shouldn't have said that. I'm, can I get a ride home? Thank you. Thank you for that. I, um, I really appreciate um, that, that came from love and consideration for the family, I think, is what I heard, heard loud and clear. So um, let me do this. Um, I, 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 I'd like to get Lauren's, uh, I, I'm going to ask Lauren to say a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to open up for two quick comments if anybody in the room just feels like they, they would like to say something. So, um, all right, go. Um, I just want to say, as a child of a former elder, okay. that it's been the biggest honor of my life to see my parents serve. Absolutely, see my mother as an elder. So Stephen Janino, my parents, um, Adams, and yeah. when I speak about it, my parents are elders, right? Um, and it's just been amazing. So I never feel like women aren't represented. Um, I think it's a fair question, absolutely. But I mean, women are elders. We uh, on our yeah. I appreciate your comment about that. We um, this this retreat that we went to. You know, all of us men were in one place and the women were in another place. And a theme that came up a lot in our conversation was, well, the only reason I've been asked to serve is because of Sarah. And the only reason Randall's been asked to serve is because of Dell. And we kid each other about that, but it's true. It's, um, I can't serve in this role without Sarah. And Sarah can shepherd people who I cannot shepherd. And so whatever comes of this conversation about you know, sort of the official theology, theological answer to that, the reality is, at least in this church family that's trying to be like Jesus, is Steve and Janine serve together. And there are young women and there are men who look to her as an example and as a shepherd and as a spiritual leader. And, and there, are, there are people that look to Sarah and know that she's every much a part of this service that we've agreed to. We agreed to this together. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. All right, one more comment. Yes. With the interest that this group has displayed, I think that the way that the time has been allocated has been uh, disrespectful. Okay. And I take full, so, so I will take full responsibility for that. I, I, I yeah. And so here, here's what I'll, here's what I, I hear that loud and clear. So, um, and this will make sound like a shameless plug. So um, the Coggins and Sarah and I, Pam and Lincoln Coggins and Sarah and I, we're going to be teaching a um, young marriage class. It's a lot of you in here. And, 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 and so, yeah, so, um, so this is certainly a conversation we can continue to have. So um, I appreciate that honest feedback. Thank you. All right. Uh, Lauren, would you, um, would you share your thoughts, please, um, and help us? Kind of wrap up this conversation. Sure, I, I, and I'm gonna and not to I'm gonna come close to you so oh, the, yeah. the mic can can pick up what you have to say. Oh well, thanks. Um, we probably all, a lot of us have to go get our kids. So I'll briefly I would just say I appreciate Josh highlighting the complexity of this um, from a textual point of view and also a historical one. I 
personally uh, would rejoice to see women being affirmed in their gifts of discernment and wisdom and leadership by being selected for elders uh, in churches of Christ in any church. But that is a complicated thing. It's based on my own long process of coming to a new understanding of scripture and how scripture speaks into my life and into the life of the church. And I think that it's better for churches to come through those processes slowly and deliberately and carefully rather than hastily and then kind of overlooking the fact that sustainable change only happens through deliberate, careful conversation in truth-seeking rather than some sort of, I think we often bring our sense of democratic processes into church and and the church is not a democracy, it's a place where we're submitting to the leadership of God primarily and then also one another. So all of that to say, I one reason I love this church is because those conversations always seem to be happening. And I think it would be hard for me to be a part of a church where that was not the case. But it is the case here. And so I think the best thing we can all do is keep meeting together in a spirit of conversation and genuine truth seeking, not agenda seeking, but genuine submission to God's will for us as revealed in scripture and even reevaluating how we understand that to function and God's will revealed in our lives. I think as long as we're doing that, and as long as we have an eldership that we feel like is doing that, whether it's male or female, we should all be willing to submit to their leadership. So I personally feel like that's the kind of leadership we have, and I'm thankful to be a part of a church like this. And I hope we can continue talking. Thank you, appreciate you saying that. Well, I'll tell you, um, one thing I love, I I love this church, and. and one thing I love about this church is we have never been afraid of having hard conversations and having important conversations, and those will continue. Um, on the, and, and there are lots of other important conversations to have. Thank you for staying. Um, I appreciate it very much. There are forms up here if you would like to fill those out if you don't have one. Um, the Young Marrieds class um, will meet in this room a week from today. If, uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. Thanks for all your input. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'm Chad. Remind me of your name. I'm Rick Williams, Chad. Rick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amanda. Yeah. My wife. Yeah. And we typically are under uh, the Shrigley's. Okay. They kind of shepherd us. Yeah. Fantastic. So your wife's name again? Amanda. Here's Amanda. And you're? Rick. Rick. Rick and Amanda. Fantastic. Thank you for all you do. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but it's... Uh, I, I, it's I, well, it's, it's not, but it's uh, but it's it's an honor. It's an, it really is an honor to serve. So, thanks for your encouragement. Appreciate it. Hey, man! I'm sorry to give you the appropriate shout no, 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 out this no, no, morning. No, it's no, just, we just get you need to let that roll off of your back like water, baby. What's that? You know what oh, I'm talking about. Yeah. It's okay. Um, it's hang on, hang on. This, are you would have heard me.